Welcome to episode 30 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing home workouts, box squats, how to keep it professional with your clients, and Jason's camera gear. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. All right. All right, episode 30. Episode 30. So <laughs> I just achievers. decided to take uh, over Jason's intro. Uh, was that the first time you've said box squats? Why was that so hard to say? You know, box, box squats. squats. <laughs> it's a lot of sounds yeah. together. Yeah. Box squats. Um, so we actually just got off the, the phone, the, the computer, with... Uh, <laughs> Coach Steve Fury Holliner. Uh, he's got a great podcast called the Coach Fury Podcast. Um, yeah, it's just a fitness podcast, and he asks us a lot of really insightful questions. Um, he's a really good host, but we just got off that call, so we're jumping from podcast to another podcast. Yeah. Incidentally, I think it was his 30th episode, and it's ours as well. So. Yeah, we didn't even realize. We yeah. should, I wish we could have like high-fived over the <laughs> internet. <laughs> um, we just had your mother's 60th surprise birthday party. Shh, don't tell anyone it was 60. No, actually, she, I mean, there were 60s everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't keep that a secret. Um, um, we managed to pull off a surprise for a woman who literally needs to know everything that's going on, especially in her children's lives. So myself <laughs> and my brother, and we actually managed to pull off. So my brother was here. My brother lives in LA and he was in Boston for my grandparents surprise retirement party, which we had yep. the previous weekend. And he gave my mom a fake flight number home on Wednesday and said that he was flying home on Wednesday. She, of course, like looked up his flight, asked him what seat <laughs> he was sitting in <laughs> because she needs to know everything. So he gave her all these fake answers and he stayed at our apartment for um, for three days uh, while we like got ready and planned this surprise. And so we had... About seventy people there yeah, last, two nights a ago. Lot of um, a combination of family who who also all like flew out or or drove pretty far to get here. Um, friends of hers, her neighbors, and her book club, and her high school and college friends. <laughs> Um, and then also a bunch of achievers who she's become really close with. And we actually had the party at Achieve. Um, and when she walked in, the look of surprise on her face was just priceless. It was definitely priceless. It was definitely worth all of your stress. Yeah, it was a little stressed. <laughs> the morning of, you were, you looked like you were about to throw up or pass out or both. <laughs> it was... Uh... <laughs> well, I had to be with her all day. And I was like occupying her while my dad and my aunt were setting up the gym. So I was just like so terrified that I was going to say something. Yeah. Like, because I was with, I had been with Matthew with my brother all, all week and I kept like thinking of stories that happened and being like, oh no, I can't say that. Like she'll know that he's here. You were also in the dark throughout all the preparation stages. Like you basically were like, okay, th- th- you have to go, like you, you told your your dad as well as your aunt, like, okay, you have to go to th- this bakery at this time. You've got to go to Market Basket at this time. Yeah, and, like, I sent them all over the place. Coordinating everything. And then you couldn't even be there to make sure that everything got done. It was just like, okay, I'll show up at 6.30 and hopefully everything's already done. Yeah, but it was. It looked amazing. My aunt should be like an interior designer. She did yeah, an incredible it beautiful. job. It looked beautiful in there. My dad was as nervous as I was. My dad just basically stopped talking to my mom for like a week <laughs> leading up to the, the party. He just kept being like, I'm not saying any, don't I ask me questions. Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just, yeah, it was amazing, really well. but it went really well. And she was super happy and she deserved a big party because she puts everybody before herself all the time. So yeah. it was really nice to celebrate her and have the, the focus and the limelight be on her. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Happy birthday, Leslie. Happy birthday, mom. 
Oh yeah, and she's definitely listening because, like listening. I said, she likes to know everything that's going on. She's in listening her live because she's got a chip on, <laughs> in our room or something. Probably. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. All right, so let's get into the questions. So we are going to cool. start with two questions that were kind of similar. That we're going to um, group them together. So. First question was from Sea Sky Blue, and they asked, "Hey, can you please suggest the equipment required for doing full body workouts in at home, or should I have to go to the gym?" And then, this is so funny. As I was reading that, I got a text from my mom. <laughs> Imagine if it was like, "I heard you guys talking about me." <laughs> um, okay, so basically asking what what equipment um, or is there equipment that would be good for home workouts, good enough, or do they need to join a full gym? Um, the second question that was kind of related was from Maxine Giza and she asked, I'd like advice on how to get in a decent workout when I cannot get to the gym when there are snowstorms looming. I know there's a strong likelihood my gym will be closed. Um, so both questions about working out at home, let's address the first one first. Um, because I think what they're asking is like, is it enough to work out at home or do I have to join a gym? Yeah, I think I think especially if you're first starting out, I think um, working out at home is totally fine. Um, or if you also have just limited time, like if you have recently had a child or if you have um, some sort of job that like has crazy hours, like I guess that would be um, scenarios where you would have to make it work. Um, but I mean, in most cases, I definitely think that a gym is better just because in order for you to continue to progress, you have to have an increasing amount of weight and an increasing amount of like challenges that you have to impose on your body. Right. Right. So it's hard to have enough equipment at home to keep mm -hmm. those, that progress going. Yeah. It's good. It's really good for getting a start or it's really good for like a short period of time when like, yeah, like if you've just had a baby and you're at home and you need to be like, you want to just do what you can to, to move and anything is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, of course that's enough. But yeah, if you want that progressive overload, having, um, Having a gym is obviously going to be, it's going to help you get the best results. Actually, we, we have one of our members, Daniel, he, he came to us and he actually had a lot of success with the home workout program. He just downloaded this app and, but it got to the point where his app was like, okay, when he first started, it was like, okay, you need to do 10 pushups, 10 sit-ups, uh, 10 squats. And it progressively got more and more challenging as he got through the app. And when he finally reached out to us, he's like, I just couldn't do 500 squats, 500 push-ups, 500 pull-ups in order to continue to progress. Um, so that's why I'm reaching out to you guys to uh, to get some more equipment in that in that front. So right. um, at a certain point, something's got to give, I guess. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but if we are going to recommend some equipment for home, um, one thing that could be good, and we don't have them, but um, I think my parents might have them, are the dumbbells that have adjustable weights on them. Yep. So they can go from like as low as five pounds to as high as 50 based on like you just like turn a dial and it picks up a different amount of weight. Yeah. Because um, those will help you to be able to do a variety of different exercises all with the same pair of dumbbells um, yeah. as opposed to having to get a whole set of dumbbells. Um, so you can get those, I think you can get those online. Yeah. Um, I think they're called power blocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. they're a little bit clunky, but, um, it, it does the job. And again, you don't have to have a whole rack of dumbbells. So it's, it's pretty space conserving and convenient. Yeah. And then, um, bands are good to have at home too. Bands are great. Um, because you can do a lot of different things with them and they have, you, you know, they have a bunch of different resistances and they're not that expensive. So I would say like super bands from perform better mm -hmm. are great. Um, and mini bands as well. You can, uh, probably a pull up bar would be good. Yeah. They're usually pretty affordable. Um, they're in the thirty to forty dollar range. But... And you can use the bands to do assisted pull ups if you right. if you can't quite do pull ups yet. 
Um, and I think finally the last piece is um, either like a couple kettlebells or um, valve slides, right? I guess, I guess both. I would do both, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say kettlebells because they are small. They take up very little space, so you can have a few more of them. Um, and again, something that you can do a lot of different exercises with. with yeah. And kind of like get you can get good results from using like the same two to three bells yeah. um, for a while for because a while. you can progress them in different ways. So if you're starting with a goblet squat where you're holding one kettlebell at your chest, and you get to 15 reps with that weight and it's starting to feel easy, you can switch it to being over on one side where it's on your wrist and it's an offset squat and that creates a different challenge and then it feels a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Then eventually you can go bottoms up with that same bell and you're holding it upside down and that creates a whole different challenge. So there are ways to progress exercises beyond just adding weight and especially I feel like with kettlebells that that applies. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just spending a lot of time with those light kettlebells at first um, also just really lends itself to setting up a really good foundation for, um, heavier stuff later on. So yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. Um, we and mentioned bow slides. slides. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can get furniture sliders, you can get, you can place a towel on hardwood floor, but we like to do things like hamstring curls or, um, reverse lunges where your foot's sliding backwards on the slider or the towel, um, things like that, that just give you, just opens up some options, yeah. especially in terms of hamstrings. Cause it's really tough to target hamstrings without like actual kettlebells or dumbbells yeah. right so yeah. yeah so hopefully that equipment list kind of helps and we get all of our equipment from perform better pretty much mm-hmm. um so look them up performbetter.com. yeah um that's they, not an ad they just no. have really <laughs> they've really um served us well in terms of outfitting um the majority of our facility and their customer service is awesome so yeah. i just want to give them a little shout out yeah hey griff he's, <laughs> he's our rep and he's awesome um and then to maxine's question so she asked like for workouts when there might be a snowstorm and the gym's closed, something mm-hmm. like that. So she probably doesn't have a whole home gym because she belongs to a gym. Right. So yeah. that would be more of a body weight workout. Yeah. Right. Um, in, in those instances, we really recommend just um, like what I'll typically put together is some sort of squat variation, um, some sort of lunge variation, a push, a pull if they have that equipment available, um, as well as some sort of like little bit of a like a cardio, like a mountain climber or a jumping jack. And I'll just say, put those together, do as many rounds as you can in, let's say, 20 to 30 minutes, and then call it a day from there. Yeah. Something pretty quick and simple. Yeah. I think, I mean, you can only do so much with bodyweight exercises, Mm -hmm. um, but you can, especially if you're usually doing like heavier strength training or you're used to doing more intense workouts, it actually can be really nice to just do a bodyweight workout that gets you sweating. You know, you're moving fast. I think that's something that you can do in a bodyweight workout that maybe you can't do as much in a like heavy strength workout. Yeah. So you move through it really quick. And so it is, it will give you kind of a different stimulus than you might be used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we, we usually keep the reps a little bit higher because you are using just your own body weight. So totally. maybe more in like the 12 to 15 rep range of like, maybe you'll do 15 squats and then as many push-ups as you can Mm -hmm. and then 15 lunges on each side or 12 lunges on each side and then um, if you have a band you can do some band rows and then maybe a plank and then maybe some burpees or something like that and just go through set a clock for 20 minutes and go through as many rounds as you possibly can in that 20 minutes where you're Mm -hmm. just moving fast throughout the whole thing Um, and you should feel pretty good after that yeah. you feel, feel pretty wiped the two um, aspects um that are really tough to target with in terms of body weight training or at home training is um your hamstrings as well as your mid upper back area yeah and two ways we can kind of get around that is if you have hardwood floors you can use a towel like we just talked about or you can use a pair of valve slides or furniture sliders and basically just do glute bridges 
on them, and then slowly slide your legs out while you're at the top of that glute bridge. Then return your feet, bridge back up, and then do the same thing again. Or you can even actually reach your feet out and then pull back in like you would on a stability ball, a stability ball hamstring curl, and work your hamstrings that way. The other way that we've um, worked your mid and upper back is actually kind of sneak it in in terms of um, we've done like prisoner squats where you put your hands behind your head, pull your elbows back, and if you maintain that elbows back position, you're actually getting a decent amount of upper back, mid back activation without any like additional equipment needed. Um, so that's one way to kind of get around it. It's not ideal, but it's one way to actually target some of your upper back. Um, also wall slide. So sitting down against the wall, um, feet in a butterfly style. So your feet are together, but your knees are externally rotated and out to the sides. And then from there, try to get your hips, your lower back, your upper back and your head all the way up against the wall and slide your arms up against the wall in a Y fashion. That really targets your mid upper back area and also helps promote pretty good posture as well. So those are two ways you can attack your hamstrings as well as your back. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And then actually just get creative as well. Like we've done rear foot elevated split squats with your back foot up on an ottoman. On the couch like, or yeah. Do hip, hip lifts off of, a, off of the couch. Just like... Yeah, getting creative with it. <laughs> yeah, use use what you got. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully those hopefully those help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also another thing is like, if it is one day and the gym is closed, like don't worry too much about just giving yourself a day off sometimes too. Yeah, your workout can be shoveling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so especially in Boston, if if that's where I'm assuming she lives in somewhere up north, I don't know which side of the country, but yeah. Um, if you're in Boston, you get plenty of workouts from shoveling your yeah absolutely. Away. um so yeah all right let's move on to box squats if i can box say that squats. um so this is from katie health and fitness and she said hey guys could you do a post on box squats i'd like to know the differences between rocking or not on the box and the benefits slash reasons behind it something that has confused me some say to do it and some say not love the content okay Thanks, so katie. um here are pros and cons of box squats. So box squats are really, um, they're really heavily predominantly in the, heavily predominantly <laughs> in the powerlifting world. And so powerlifting uh, requires you to have a really hip dominant squat pattern where you really push your butt back, your shins are nearly vertical, and you have a really wide stance. Um, and a lot of times the deadlift is the same way. And in order to really hit that posterior chain as much as possible, powerlifters will often do box squats. And so these box squats are what I just described, shins really vertical, knees pushed really out to the sides, and you're squatting back almost to the point of falling over. And eventually you do. Once you hit that box, you actually get to the box and you lean back because if the box wasn't there, you would actually fall over. And then from there, you use momentum to then stand back up. So it's one way to work around trying to get a really hip dominant posture. And so that's why powerlifters use it. Um, you know, for in terms of most people, we think that it's not ideal because once you hit that box and you slightly relax and rock back and forth to get that momentum, there is going to be a lot of spinal stress. There's going to be a lot of shearing forces on the spine because you're rocking in and out of a neutral spine posture, which ideally you should maintain at the bottom of your squat, you're actually getting a lot of movement there in a very vulnerable position. Um, you know, most powerlifters can get away with it because there are they are very strong in that area. But you know, I, I think from a risk reward standpoint, I think we can get 
hip dominant work from RDLs, um, even from good mornings, from low bar back squats. Um, all these variations are going to give us plenty of hip dominant stress without having to put our spine in um, an unnecessary strained position. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you're a power lifter and really looking to bump up your weights in that regard, I think um, back squats are a valuable resource. Um, if you're just looking to get into better shape, get stronger, healthier, all that sort of good stuff, there are plenty of other ways you can attack a, a hip dominant posture. Love it. Cool. Sweet. All right. Thanks for the question, Katie. Um, question number three is from Sharon Mar 7 She said, um, thank you so much for all the content you guys have shared. It's really sharpened me and given me so much clarity as a coach. That's so nice. Oh, oh she keeps going. Your advice is intelligent, practical, and given with positive energy. <laughs> That's so nice. I didn't mean to read like a bunch of accolades, but it was nice. Um, my question is about boundaries with clients. I want to be authentic with clients and connect with them, but maintain professionalism. How do you guys find that balance? So this is a great question. Yeah, really good question. And it was actually kind of a tough one to um, answer initially. We kind of had to really break down what our process as a trainer and coach are. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it. so what we kind of came up with, we were trying to figure out, like, how have we done that in the past? And so what we realized is that something really important is that we always put the emphasis on the client and what they might be going through. And we ask them a lot of questions and we don't give a lot of detail about our lives necessarily. Um, so if somebody comes in and they're like, you know, the, our first questions are, hey, how's it going today? Like, how was your weekend? What did you do? We ask them questions to get to know them because we do. We want to know them. And we think that knowing them makes it more, it makes us more able to connect with them. And yeah. having that personal connection really does matter when you're a coach. Totally. Um, so we ask a lot of questions. And when they ask us questions back, we keep it really brief. You know, if they say, oh, I like I hung out with friends. What did you do? We're like, yeah, us too. So what do you want to work on today? Yeah. We kind of just move on. Um, we don't we definitely make sure that we never complain. We make sure that we never tell them about any drama that's going on in our <laughs> lives or not that we have very much drama in our lives. Yeah. But we don't we don't really give a lot of um like our personal life life details to them unless it becomes a point where, and this has happened where they become friends and that, yep. that happens. Like they become friends almost more so than clients. Yeah. Um, but that happens over the course of years and years and years. Right. And we don't let that happen until years and years because we want to make sure that we establish a professional relationship first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we've gotten to points where like we know every little detail about our clients and our members' lives, and you know they might not know much about ours. And at this point now, we've learned to share more in terms of being more vulnerable and uh, make it more uh, authentic. But you know, even still, like a lot of coaches and trainers will make the mistake of just any baggage that they might have. That's like the beginning of their session, and it's just kind of like airing out dirty laundry. And um, that's definitely not, we think, the way to go about doing it. It's more about how can we put the emphasis back on the person. And if they want to divulge that information, then great. We'll be their sounding board and we'll be their support system. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's how we've been able to maintain a professional relationship without, um, yeah, crossing that line. Yeah, there was a point where <laughs> Corey, who's still a member, mm -hmm. um, she used to ask Jason every day if we were dating. This was like <laughs> six or seven years ago. And she's like, are you guys dating? Are you guys dating? Jason's like, I don't know. 
I don't know. He wouldn't. He wouldn't even tell him. Tell plead her the that. Fifth. <laughs> he would plead the fifth. But just because he kept wanting to be like, don't don't worry about what's going on in our life. Like, let's focus on you. And so yeah. finally, she she got him to admit it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it took years of probing and like. But we just kind of really tried to be like, hey, this is about you. Like, this hour is about you. And mm-hmm. if we have nothing left to talk about, then maybe we'll get to something that we did this weekend. But yeah. if we don't get all the information out about you first, how are we going to help you in the best way that we can? And that's really our number one job yeah. is to help you. Our number two job is to be there for you and, you know, like be a sounding board. But our our last job is to tell you what's going on in our lives. It yeah. really just doesn't it's not going to help you very yeah. much. So. And luckily, most people want to talk about themselves and about their lives, yeah. which, which we think is great. So Yeah, they don't get a lot of chances to do that, really, in other yeah, places. Yeah, totally, especially like, at work. Or, yeah. you know, so I think uh, people view it as a valuable time to uh, be able to share. So, yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question, a really thoughtful question, too. Of like, totally. Because, yeah, you don't want to just say, like, oh, never talk about yourself or never, like, yeah, close yourself off, be 100% professional all the time yeah. because then you won't connect with people and you'll lose people that way because mm-hmm. they're like, mm, do they really care about me? I can't yeah. tell. So it, it is a fine line and it can be tough to navigate, but hopefully that insight into what we have done helps a little bit. Um, okay, let's go on to the last question. This one, we snuck four in. Uh, this one is from Chris Crockett. And he asked, for a future podcast, I would love to hear the specifics of the camera and techniques Jason uses to capture such great pictures and videos. Thanks for all that you wonderful people do. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. So um, so the short answer is uh, the camera that I use specifically is a Canon 80D, 80D. And I use a Sigma 18 to 35 lens with a Rode VideoMic Pro microphone um, attached on top of it. And this is all equipment that I've slowly gathered over time. Um, like, uh, I think, you know, we, we first started off with a very entry-level camera, a very entry-level lens, and we've just slowly upgraded it over time. Um, but I will say that people like to comment about the quality of the video that we do, which is definitely an enhancer to what we do. But first and foremost is the content and also just the overall brand behind the actual content. And so what we try to do with each and every post is make it as positive, as inclusive as possible. We try not to make fitness this exclusive thing um, that only certain people can do. We try to make it as welcoming and as inviting as possible. Um, That's first and foremost. And all of our posts try to serve that mission. Um, And then secondly, people, people tend to really worry about the perfect camera, the perfect lighting, the perfect script, and how to go about editing it. And really what we really recommend initially is just to put stuff out there and make it doesn't have to be perfect. There's a lot of people on Instagram that are still posting with just their iPhones and iPhones are just have fantastic camera quality. Like um, someone who um, I refer to all the time is uh, a guy named Joe Yoon and he's got an Instagram handle Joe Therapy and the first like probably five sixths of his content is all posted with phone quality video and he's got like over 400,000 followers and it's because he just has a good like authentic brand behind what he does and also offers really good information so it's always content and who you are um, as a person first and then everything else is an addition to it so the way you light it the way you uh, caption the, the font you use the aesthetic that's all secondary to the content and if you're not consistent with it then you know it's just people just aren't going to see because they're just getting inundated with all these different accounts left and right so you have to be consistent um, as well so 
it's less about the quality of the camera than it is the um, content and consistency behind it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, now the quality, I, I mean, I love the quality now and I'm like, yeah. oh, it looks so good. And, I, and that it does enhance it. It enhances it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not why things are going well. Um, yeah. And on the flip side, like there are other accounts like other companies other gyms that have um, a slightly bigger budget than your average trainer and now you see a lot better production value but a lot of these uh, you know organizations they just don't have a good um, mission behind it and I think people can sense that the other side they're they're just trying to sell something right so um, I think there's the hang up of a you just have to put your brand and your mission there first before just pumping out content just to sell something on the back end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So have that, like, list out what you what your goals are with social media. Like, mm-hmm. list out, like, I mean, we say it at the beginning of the podcast, like, we want to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. That's our goal with everything that we do. And mm-hmm. that's our goal when we're at Achieve in the gym. It's our goal on this podcast. It's our goal on Instagram. So when we film, we're like, is this providing value? And is this doing it in a positive and inclusive way? And those are those are our guidelines for filming. And then can we make it look really nice is number three um, or four yeah. or five. But like totally. those first few things are what we're really asking ourselves. And, and it's why people feel that we have a consistent message and they feel like they can relate to us because that's always the case. Um, and the video quality might keep getting better because we're getting better at it and we're getting more comfortable in front of the camera. Jason's getting better at editing. Like all these different things are coming into play because we've been consistent and because we've been doing it over and over and over again. Um, it wasn't that way in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, like now you see these people, um, people like Mike Boyle or like Eric Cressy or Stuart McGill, um, you know, all the heavy hitters in the strength and conditioning industry now they've realized that Instagram is kind of an important thing, right? <laughs> and so now they popped on and they're just using their iPhones and they're amassing huge followings because right. the content, their brand, their mission is all there to begin with, not because they have a nice camera. So right. um, always content and consistency over gear. Yeah. Speaking of Instagram, people are still kind of mean on Instagram sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've had some uh, some haters in the most recent uh Posts that we've had, which I think is a good sign because it means that people are uh, paying attention and uh, listening to us. So I know Jason's always like, "It's a good thing." It means people are listening, and I'm like, "No, it's just mean." I'm so <laughs> I'm so sensitive. I always have been, and I keep every time I think that I've like gotten such thick skin, somebody says one mean thing, and it's never something mean about me though. It's yeah. my mama bear like thing comes out where like somebody attacks Jason and I'm like, oh, how dare you say something <laughs> like that about my husband? And, like I get so upset and I just get, I just don't understand why people have to be mean, even if they disagree. Yeah. Like if I disagree with someone, I would never like call them names. Yeah. Like I just, we I'd just be disagree. Like, wrong, incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like for, for me, for, I mean, what I tell Lauren is that it, you just have to put things in perspective and it's like if 20... 500 people are liking this post there's gonna be people that don't agree with it necessarily and we just have to share our point of view and if that doesn't work for them then it's kind of like okay cool on to the next one because yeah. we've we're posting three times a day so we need to just be able to move on otherwise yeah. you know if we'd let that stuff bother us then we'd never be able to be consistent so yeah 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 i mean i think 
there I'm always going to have like a little people pleaser in me and but that's going to be also a way to audit sort of our content too is to be like is this helpful for cuz and by people pleaser I don't mean like I want people to like me I mean like I want to I want people to feel like helped by this I yeah. want people to feel like this is valuable and if it's not then why are we doing it and so I I think that was what was really hurting me the other day it was like are people feeling like this is not valuable? Like, are they not, like, do they feel like we're not trying? We're trying so hard. And so that was what I was getting sensitive about. But being sensitive about that, I think sometimes can be helpful because it will make you check yourself and it will make you say like every post is this valuable and it reminds you that that's what's important. And so there's it also very much the need to be able to move on and not let it bother you. But I think that your rational side and my emotional side tend to (laughs) tend to blend well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's why our, page has been growing uh, pretty significantly and you know like I, I think what's also really cool is that you know there are the you know few batches of um, trainers or like very hardcore fitness enthusiasts that have lashed out at certain aspects of our post but also we've got a really growing community of personal trainers and coaches that are really connecting well on our page as well yeah I mean that's the majority of it really. yeah <laughs> and it's really cool to be able to be like oh hey like you know, such and such coach is awesome. They live in your area. Go connect with them. Mm. Instead of being scarcity mindset and saying that, oh, you should only listen to us and what we have have to, have to offer. There are so many incredible coaches out there. And like, just, we, I mean, we think that the more we have fitness be this, you know, incredible thing that it is, and the more we spread it out to the masses, uh, the better, right? Like, yeah. it's just more opportunity there will be for everyone. So, um, you know, we're in the works of trying to create some sort of um, achieved network of coaches and clinicians where um, anytime someone reaches out to us and says, hey, I wish you hadn't achieved in our area, we're going to be like, hey, so-and-so is actually pretty nearby. You should go check them out. Um, that sort of resource will be, we think, invaluable. So, um, yeah, just the more inclusive we can make fitness, again, the better. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I, oh, I, because we were talking about social media and I was just yeah. thinking about that. And yeah, I mean, well, it's something else that it reminded me of that we know very well and which is part of why we care so much about keeping things positive in the gym and on social media is that one negative comment or one negative statement, one negative person sticks with you for a long time and as opposed to a positive comment can be fleeting actually. Yeah. Like you get a positive comment, you feel really good in the moment and then it's kind of, it goes away, mm-hmm. but a negative comment really sticks with you. And it's good. It's a good lesson to just remind yourself that like ask, audit yourself and how are, how are you presenting yourself to everybody around you? And are you being negative all the time? And might that be affecting the people in your life? Or, or do you try to keep things more positive and try to make sure that people know that you care about them and that you're, you hope that they're happy? Um, so it's not just social media, it's just life in general. Like negativity really hurts people yeah. <laughs> and it, and it sticks with people for a while. So Try to keep positive people. <laughs> but I think, I think I think if anyone's listening to this, I think they're pretty positive people as well. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you guys aren't the, aren't the yeah. meanies. Um, anyway, okay. So that about wraps it up. I wanted to just steal all of Jason's friends today. <laughs> that about wraps it up that for today's episode. So if you have any other uh, podcast-related questions, please reach us, reach out to us via Instagram <laughs> at AchievementsBoston. Um, I think this is our last... Actually, no, Wednesday will be probably our last shout-out for um, our April Fitness Challenge. Um, It runs, it's our April Kickstart Fitness Challenge. It runs from April 2nd 
to the end of the month. It's uh, If you live in the area, it's probably the best opportunity for you to come check out Achieve, see what we do. It's $99 to get 28 days of access to the gym. You get four coaching sessions. You get a program. You get a challenge handbook as well as daily emails for the month to get you kickstarted on your fitness journey. It's not an extreme weight loss challenge. Yes. Make that very clear. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess that's about it. Uh, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That would help us out quite a bit. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.